fancy seeing you here. Welcome. This is a little mini episode of From the Inbox, a podcast podcast. I'm your host, Kane Wilkinson, as usual. You may recognize the name from other episodes, uh, but this is a special release, and I hope a tradition that I'm going to be starting because I'm going to be sharing with you the full interview that I did with Vancouver-based singer-songwriter Wesley Atu this past weekend. Now, if you've already heard episode six of From the Inbox, a podcast, which came out uh, Tuesday morning, it had a good chunk of this interview, but not all of it, which is why you're here to hear the rest, pun intended. This way, you can hear Wesley and I kind of dive a little deeper into some of his travel stories, his experience being a Brit living in Canada and abroad, and a lot more about his upcoming EP, Where Do We Go From Here, which will be out next month. So I hope you enjoy this little bonus clip, and don't forget to check out the full From the Inbox blog post, which includes 30 of my favorite songs of the week. You can find that over at dustyorgan.com, along with the Spotify playlist. I'll save all the regular banter for the regular episodes. You've come here to eavesdrop in on a conversation. I understand. So, enjoy my chat with Wesley Atu. Wesley Atu. I'm a folk singer-songwriter, originally from the UK, uh, but now I'm based in Vancouver, Canada. All right, well, thanks for joining me today, Wesley. Very yeah, excited to finally, we were talking about this before we started recording, but we were finally able to, you know, somewhat properly meet since mm-hmm. you uh, reached out, uh, what was it, a couple months ago with one of your yeah. singles? And it was, how did you, how did you discover Dusty Organ? Was it a friend of a friend or... Uh, yeah, I saw, I, I honestly can't even remember specifically who it was now. I just kind of started to see, um, it was when I was kind of getting everything together to release um, this year. And I found, so I was just researching like Canadian specific like blogs and um, different playlists and stuff like that. And I just came across yours through other musicians in Vancouver. Cool. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Through the grapevine, especially out of Vancouver, because um, so you you're currently based there right now, but I know that you actually lived in Toronto for a couple of years, and mm-hmm. before that, um, obviously you're from the UK, and you said I already forgot the name of the town, Great Yarmouth, Great Yarmouth, yeah. <laughs> um, but in between Great Yarmouth and Toronto, you were traveling around like Asia, the Middle East, Australia, even and stuff too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you go from traveling around the world and then ended up in Toronto? Like, what was your kind of thought process for that? So, but, I mean, there's a huge story, but I'll keep it condensed, I guess. Um, Take <laughs> as long as you want, don't worry. Um, so we, when I was, I was living in the UK up until I was like, like 16, 17. And then my family moved to Dubai. Oh, wow. We moved there and I kind of finished school there. Um, up until then, I'd never really moved anywhere. Like we'd lived in our kind of in my hometown like a whole life. Uh, same with my parents. So we moved to Dubai, and I kind of had like a, I guess, a bit of a taste for traveling around and seeing like different a different part of the world. Yeah. That kind of inspired a move to work in some other countries and kind of see what else was out there. Did you have like? kind of odd jobs and stuff um yeah so i mean we went from so dubai I was at school and i moved back to the uk to save some money and then i went to australia and i did mm-hmm. uh, like a one-year visa there so when i was in australia i just kind of worked and traveled around i don't know tons of different jobs a lot of like coffee shop jobs serving jobs that kind of thing 
yeah and farm i worked on a farm they're really random stuff. that's kind of cool like in the outskirts uh, like the boonies yeah yeah i outside, guess so yeah. it was like i picked bananas um which was definitely an interesting experience i didn't know bananas grew in australia that's kind of yeah kind of northeast inland a little bit um it's like a huge huge industry cool. it's hard it was i was very hot yeah you kind of have to pick oh, yeah? these huge bunches and it's they weigh like as much as me oh geez you never really think about that sort of thing when you're eating a tiny little banana but but anyways yeah so you're traveling around australia so i was traveling around australia i met a friend while i was there or i met a lot of people while i was there but one person i stayed in touch with the whole way and we me and her ended up traveling down the east coast of australia together and then went separate ways and she went back home she was from scotland and then we just kind of decided to meet up and travel around Southeast Asia when I was finished um, the year in Australia. We flew, met up there, traveled around Southeast Asia, and then yeah. I moved back to Dubai to work and look for somewhere else I could go on a visa kind of situation so that I could do the same thing as I did in Australia. And Canada became that, became that place. So, oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, we honestly didn't even <laughs> really research a ton, but... Was it a good oh, first impression great. at least? I mean, I mean, we're still here like five years later. So it, it really kind of, yeah, definitely made an yeah. impression. So I was in Dubai for two more years and then we got a, like a work and holiday visa in Canada and we were trying to decide where to go and we settled on Toronto first. So I went with that same friend that I'd met um, in Australia and then we arrived in Toronto. We stayed on the Danforth Apostle. There's a, there's a place called The Only uh, or it's like the only cafe and then above there's a it's like a bar and cafe and there's a hostel above there oh cool stayed there for a while and then i met my girlfriend there actually so we uh, oh plot twist yeah yeah plot, yeah, plot twist um, i thought you were gonna say the friend that you've been traveling with no, I, was no, gonna, no, no. I was waiting for that one to unravel no. but, oh you, <laughs> no, met, no, you no. met your girlfriend there okay no, cool. we're still a good friend she she moved out to vancouver as well with her partner um, oh, right on. So, yeah, it was kind of just all, I guess, aligned in that way. Um, so then me and my partner moved out here to Vancouver after we were in Toronto for a year. She's from Hamilton. Oh, okay. Yeah, we moved out here. I guess we've been here three, four years now. Was there any reason for going to the West Coast or just to be around like a different, beautiful part of Canada? Um, yeah, initially I only had two years on my visa. So I wanted to just see the country. Like I didn't expect to be staying here really at that point in time. I was just figured we would have, have the visa, see as much of the country as I could. And then mm -hmm. it would be kind of on to the next place. Was there any, uh, is there anywhere you've been in Canada that you've enjoyed the most? I mean, probably Vancouver. I love it here. Like it's, I mean, I loved Toronto. We had a we had an amazing time there. Like we had such good group and, and, it's it's kind of impossible to compare them. They're such different places. It just really depends what you want yeah. from a from a place. And I guess at that time we were still, I don't know. It's like it's a lot more nightlife in Toronto, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So if you're looking for that kind of hustle and bustle, big city vibe, then it was great. But it's kind of nice to have the change of pace on the west coast. It's very yeah. very different to anywhere else I've lived for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, actually, this is very fitting, um, kind of fitting segue because uh, the first song that you sent me was um, 
where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. Which is also the title of your new EP that's coming out. And you mentioned that the song itself is about, you know, kind of being caught in that in between of wanting stability, but wanting to, you know, be like move around and see more places and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So how, I guess your time in Canada, is that kind of like the stability part of that? And then, you know, before, you know, moving around and traveling around is kind of the other side of your inspiration for that song. Is that kind of where it all came from? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty like pretty bang on to be honest. I, yeah, it was kind of one of those, that song like feels like a segue in my life, I guess. Like it's oh, nice. one, yeah. of those, um, one of those things where I, playing music and I started like playing music quite late, to be honest. Um, oh yeah. When, when did you pick up, uh, pick up the guitar? Not until I was in my twenties. So. Wow. I, that's awesome. Kind of, we just, we just kind of went hard at it when I lived in, when I was in that like interim, when I was in Dubai for two years, my brother's also in a band or he is now. Yeah at that time he wasn't so me and him just kind of both learned and went pretty hard at it at just kind of songwriting and learned guitar and kind of did as much as we could as quickly as we could so yeah when I up until kind of when we moved to Vancouver I was just kind of I mean I'm still learning like so much now it's all still feels quite new um yeah so yeah that song was kind of the first I don't know felt like a transition period where I was making a, a kind of a different style kind of started to understand a bit more like what I wanted to make in in music and stuff and yeah also kind of just lyrically I guess and story wise it kind of lined up with everything that I'd kind of experienced I guess yeah in regards to it's that feeling of like missing traveling and missing that constant movement but also being kind of nice to have the stability after so many years of doing that yeah, especially it must be very prominent now too with COVID where you really don't have that option to go travel around freely and mm -hmm. explore new places. So you're kind of almost forced into that stability side of things, mm -hmm. which can be, you know, can be nice in certain days. And then other days, I'm sure you're just like yeah. egging to go on tour or yeah. just maybe go back home or something like that too, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely like there's falls and against of like both things. And we still luckily, yeah. we still got to travel quite a bit last year. Um, before all this this kind of hit yeah. so so do you have um i guess now that's like a segue in your life you said would you have kind of do you, are you do you have a plan like a direction that you're trying to head into now with uh with your music and career and stuff i mean yeah roughly i guess i because i got laid off this year i was like okay i'll just dedicate I've never had that real opportunity to dedicate like a ton of time to like i was working a 40 hour a week job um wow, yeah. so you can kind of only put so much towards music so i actually that ep was finished last year i just didn't have time to put it out until now if i really wanted to do it properly like market it properly i don't know learn how to do everything and i didn't really want to pay a ton of people to do it i wanted to know how i could how to do it before i yeah. paid a ton of people to do it for me kind of thing i guess um, yeah it's very smart you know like teach a man a fish yeah kind of amount of fish sort of thing right and it's also hard because you're how do you have the conversation with people when you don't know kind of what what there is out there and i don't know what you're up against i guess um so this year has been a lot of that i kind of just when i got laid off i was like okay this either goes like one or two ways I either just crack on and do this and learn everything i possibly can or i or i don't <laughs> so that's kind of i went for the latter and just kind of learned everything 
That's great. And that's like, I, I think that's like the spirit of a real musician um, is just seeing such terrible situations and then, um, you know, finding the cracks through the weeds to actually learn and prosper and grow. And mm-hmm. we're talking about this before too, but you also just received a very nice development grant from Factor, which uh, mm-hmm. was a pleasant surprise, which yeah. I'm sure is going to help you, you know, push your music out there even further. Yeah, honestly, like a massive I guess kind of surprise and uh, so grateful like to get that right in the middle of everything because I guess I'd kind of made all the recordings I'd made the EP and I was doing it all regardless so it was kind of which I think is what they like to, is kind of what they want to see like they want to know that you're going to be doing this yeah. no matter what so the, the the kind of funding when that came through I think it was kind of honestly like perfect time it was like right in the middle of me first starting to release the singles from the EP and I was like wow this is like a massive help which was which was great oh, that's awesome um and i guess you know fair to talk about your ep in general too um so when when is it do you have, do you have a date yet for it um uh, for no, release? Probably, not an exact date it's going to be like the end of january um i kind of okay just so that break over christmas and yeah yeah you're speaking uh not well, not from experience but from being you know involved in this scene and stuff like there's really i find it very um strange when artists put out music very close to Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas songs aside. Yeah. But, you know, promoting yourself those two weeks before Christmas is almost mm-hmm. like throwing it away, right? Because there's just so much going on. You can't yeah. really properly focus, right? And Yeah, it definitely got kind of crazy around then. And I was like, even even releasing this latest single, I was coming close to the, to the wire, but I was like, oh, but it'd be nice if I can get the last single out and then have the kind of full project there in the new year. Yeah, and then actually gets a good segue again too. I love I love segues. Um, <laughs> but your new single "Black Dawn," which we're going to be playing after this interview on the podcast, um, that is your newest song. But it's also you said one of your oldest songs that you've written. Yeah, right? it was um, from a couple of years ago. Yeah, that song was from um, like I kind of wrote that when we lived in the hostel in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was still learning, really like learning guitar at that point. Like, kind of everything was pretty early days, but there was a lot going on. I mean, I guess there's always a lot going on in the world, but at that time it was like the U S election previous yeah. and um, the vote for Brexit was happening in the UK. So it's just kind of all this weird tensions. And so that song just kind of came out of that. And I honestly just put it on the, on the back burn and kind of left it. Never didn't really think I would ever do anything with that song until we moved here and it, it kind of I don't even know I think we honestly played it for a friend once and then he loved it and I was like oh maybe I'll put this back in my set and I started to put it back in my set and then it's just like actually I really like this song so when it came to recording the EP it was kind of just felt felt right having having it on there in amongst yes yeah. everything else that was all those other songs were written since I've been in Vancouver it was kind of like this EP is like a transitional period feels right to have something just some kind of come full that. circle yeah yeah and it's and it's very fitting too because like you said it's from like the 2016 brexit situation and u.s election and then you know four or five years later that stuff's happening mm-hmm. again like it's this exhausting cycle of stuff and uh which is another reason why i feel like it's a very fitting release yeah honestly. and it was honestly it was the the weirdest thing because i well, I obviously didn't plan any of this. I didn't, I had no idea like, yeah. at the time that it was going to be, this is where we were going to be. Um, yeah. You're the reason why Trump was elected. <laughs> ah. But also could be the reason why he's gone. Um, so we, <laughs> yeah, it was kind yeah. of a, 
just funny how it timed out that way. And I, like I had the song, I knew I was going to release it third, but when I eventually submitted it for, um, for like distribution, it arrived in, if you're using like the Spotify for artists side, it, it kind of arrives in there so you can pitch the song um, to their like editorial playlist. Oh, cool. And it arrived in there on the day of this election. And I was like, oh, oh no way. kind of weird. And it was kind of one of those weird coincidences, I guess. Yeah. And I like um, the message too, that you were, at least in the press release, you mentioned um, that it's kind of about being forced to vote for like the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it's crazy. Cause like, I guess it's every, every single time there's an election, you know, be it American, Canadian, British, whatever it is. I feel like it's always a situation where it's like this almost perpetual state of always having to vote for the lesser of two evils sort of thing. It's like, yeah, not to get too heavy into politics mm -hmm. on this, interview but um it's just it's just very mind-boggling how it just always come kind of comes down to that message of like okay this is gonna suck but which option is gonna suck less yeah yeah i so yeah like i mean obviously i'm not a, i'm not a politician and this is like i mean i learned like guitar i learned from like that old like but i mean i'm sure so many guitar players do but from like the bob dylan-esque yeah. uh thing so it's kind of used to be a lot more in my in my songs that's why that one that kind of older one is still there but yeah i feel like that's so true you're just kind of we're just like in this perpetual state of being like okay there's these two people to to vote for it's it's always seems to be between two even though there's so many other candidates yeah. it just kind of ends up in this in this situation where you're like well i don't really want to vote for either of them but i really don't want this one so we'll just have to choose this one <laughs> and it's just yeah yeah I, I always find it very similar to like a, like a food analogy where <laughs> like you have to pick something, but yeah. Okay. Fine. I'll, you know, I'll have a pizza. All of, all my friends are getting pepperoni. Like fine. I'll go with the pepperoni yeah, pizza instead yeah. of getting this anchovies one or something. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I wanted to ask too, this isn't something I had prepared, but since you were living in Canada at the time that kind of Brexit blew up, mm -hmm. um, what was that like for you? Was that, uh, kind of like a I, I feel like pep, people were peppering you they must have been peppering you with questions and this kind of sort of stuff all the time during that you know, like oh you're british like share your uh your opinion on brexit from canada you know yeah i guess it was and it and it was i mean we lived in a, at that point we lived in a, a house with kind of british canadian irish so we i remember us all like we all sat around and watched that vote i don't know it feels like a bit surreal now and we were also getting so much of the u.s Stuff, like election happening at the same time which I honestly knew nothing about at that time because I'd never this is my first time in North America when we moved to Canada I'd never been to the states before and I also haven't lived in England in like 10 years now which is crazy oh wow but it's also very I can only say so much on it I only have yeah what I'm reading or what family and friends are kind of talking about back home yeah it's kind of weird now I'm not like on the ground experiencing it anymore and I, actually I'm kind of curious too that comparison because you like you said you've only been in you haven't lived in the uk in 10 years but you kind of lived around a lot of different spots and i'm always curious because in canada mm -hmm. we have a very like we almost get drowned out by american politics even like the stuff that's going on in canadian politics mm -hmm. i always get very annoyed by this is there's so much happening within canadian politics that we should be aware of but it almost gets drowned out absentmindedly by american politics on tv and the media whatever and i'm kind of curious like does that happen elsewhere too like is it also happening in the uk where like stuff just gets bombarded or um, um it kind of takes over the mainstream or is it just like you know maybe the situation just living above from them 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, definitely the US stuff get is always everywhere. Um, yeah. I think it's just, I mean, they're just culturally such a huge influence on the rest of the world, I guess. Um, but the, you guys are in a unique situation, like here in Canada, I would say, where you are. And I guess nowhere else really has that next door neighbor kind of, like you're, you're yeah. connected by it. The land's connected. It's just kind of, yeah, that weird situation where you guys are just so chilled and it's like such a, it kind of is just wildly different to somewhere that is so close. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really feel like, I feel like everywhere else kind of their own country's news dominates. But the U.S. definitely always is always kind of impacting everywhere. Yeah, I like to think of it like as a, I guess, you know, not geographically, but in my mind, it's like a basement flood <laughs> where you just can, like it just seeps into your foundation. Yeah. Like, oh, God, darn it again. But yeah. But actually, uh, I wanted to, you know, get back talking about your your actual music and stuff too. And um, do you feel that since you learned guitar basically while you're in Canada, and I was listening to it myself too, and like you can definitely your accent disappears when you sing, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. And I do find it it's very Canadiana. That's even a word. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it does feel very Canadian folk, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a certain characteristic to it, which is kind of interesting. But do you feel? Are you aware of that? Like, do you kind of feel like you're uh, musical influences are starting to come from you know being in BC and whatnot. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, um, and they definitely will. I'm sure in the newer in newer things I'm recording. Um, I mean, I never played music when I lived in England, even though I'm massively influenced by UK like music, and I most of my favorite bands like are still obviously from the UK. Who's your favorite band from oh, the God, UK? That, I want to ask you. <laughs> that's like impossible. Why not? Definitely in the top. Uh, um, I'm a massive Block Party fan. Yes, um, yes. I, I mean, I, and I was a huge Libertines fan. Oh, no, yeah, that's the thing. The Libertines, I'm sure there are people who like Libertines in Canada, but they're, they didn't, their music really didn't get scattered over here. Like, I kind of stumbled upon them when I was a teenager by accident on YouTube. Right. But, I, yeah, the Libertines, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, they cool. were. I mean, I guess any... Uh, England still has such a great little spot of, like, very patriotic music. Like, yeah. Normally in a lot of those kind of indie rock kind of bands where the, the patriotism like kind of bleeds into the lyrics. And I, I always loved that. You guys kind of have it too in like bands like the Arkells. I feel like that's kind of in a more modern band. They kind yeah. of have that. Yeah. It comes to mind tragically. Hit, tragically hit, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Arcade Fire mm-hmm. even. Yeah. And Arcade Fire was huge very, for us like, in the UK. Yeah. Oh, really? I could see so, that. Yeah. They, they headlined that. a festival that I went to years ago. So. Glastonbury? No, I used to go to I used to go to Reading Festival. Oh, Reading, yeah, that's that's a, cool. No, that's that's cool. Yeah, Canadian music coming into your music. That's that's very yeah. exciting. Oh yeah, with the guitar. Yeah, yeah I guess I, I always knew that I sung with the, kind of a more of an American style accent. I don't know why it just kind of came out that way. It's very weird how that happens. Even you know, it, it's why do why do people sound American when they sing? I know I don't really know, and I'm <laughs> and I don't talk that way, so it's kind of it is pretty weird. I don't know why that happens. There'll be like certain words, I guess, in songs that are still yeah. still very English. But yeah, definitely, definitely since I've lived here, it's the newer stuff I'm trying to like move towards after the EP, I guess, will be uh, I'm trying to go a little less folky. I'm kind of oh, wanting to go more okay. towards that indie rock, indie pop side of stuff, like, but still keep it for the folk. Honestly, you're in the right part of Canada, I feel, for that yeah, kind for of the sound. sound because yes. Yeah. 
there's like a little bit of folk seeping into the indie rock, like, you know, bands like Hey Ocean and uh, who else are from the West Coast? Or even, you know, guys like um, Jordan Glass mm-hmm. and his yeah, stuff too. It's a nice mix. Uh, you know, I'm blanking right now. But um, yeah, I think you're definitely... Yeah, we're actually watching... Um, I mean, I'm a huge uh, Luca, uh, Luca Fagali, um, if I'm saying his last name right. But he, I'm like a huge fan of his and we're, what he's playing... A show from his house today so we're, we're actually watching that later today which is kind of nice and i'm a huge leaf leaf Volbeck fan Love that yeah, kind of yeah it, i don't know it's like it's still got that folk element of like really strong songwriting but moving into more of a modern a, more of a modern sound i guess and that's kind of what i'm hoping to go towards i guess oh that's great well i'm very excited well this new ep itself is is a great i think it's a great inter- introductory to who you are as a musician and as a person and it's a very it's yeah it's got a very nice it's such an easy listening sound and um like where do we go from here when you send that to me i was quite blown away by it too it's such a i I always use this word but it's very poignant to a certain extent and um black dawn too is is a nice i was it was pleased to hear from you again Mm -hmm. yeah no i was yeah you were you were amazing the first time um i didn't expect you to to reply is like honestly like you never know you kind of throw it all out into the into the ether um yeah oh actually that's a great topic because i, I want to ask you you know being on the side of as like the blogger and you know quote-unquote journalist um but like i get I, I honestly not to brag but i do honestly get upwards of like 100 emails a day where and it, half of it's from you know artists themselves the other half's from you know pr companies and labels right. and i it is almost like an overwhelming amount to to sit down and respond to everything, especially stuff that you don't connect right. with. Like if I connect with something, guaranteed I'm going to email mm-hmm. you back. And it's it's so hard to be like, how do I say no nicely? Because that it takes time and effort to think of how to say no right. nicely, and then um, do that like 50, 60 times right. a day. It's like okay. But on the other hand, as the artist, when you're throwing your music out to like uh, I don't know how many, like 100, 200 places. Mm-hmm not hearing back from you know like 90 percent of them is that like that must be kind of frustrating i think it is at first until i mean what's kind of cool is i started i'm i'm playlist curating too so i started making my own playlist and taking on submissions too so i have a Oh, well actually let's what, what's that uh where, where can people find your stuff is um, it on spotify, yeah, it's on spotify. if you go to my like artist profile they're just at the bottom um yeah, I just have a couple of playlists, like one's like focused around singer-songwriters and the other one's more of like a cinematic okay. pop rock kind of feel to it. Nice. But um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting because I do a little bit of that. So I I mean, I'm not taking on as anywhere near as many kind of submissions as you are, but I'm aware of how much work that is kind of coming through. So I don't know when I'm, when I'm sending stuff as an artist, I kind of do... I'm just aware that, that there's no possible way that everyone's going to respond. So it, yeah. but you still have to try because you never know. I mean, this situation, yeah, like, you, never you, know. you responded and now here we are like having this conversation, like you never know what could happen from something. So everything's yeah. worth a shot, I would say. No, that's true. And uh, also like the important thing too is um, I can't really speak from experience because I don't have any music out there, but I do like to think about the idea where, you're an, you're, if you're an artist, you make the music yourself you mm-hmm. and then you put it out and it's not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, yeah. as soon as it's out there in the public, it's not your music, it's everyone yeah. else's music. And um, having that disconnection from your art and your work, I think is a very important mm-hmm. thing for, you know, 
people who are starting out to sort of develop and, you know, not take things personally yeah. or because it's art is so subjective. Like it's just so hard to quantify anything like that. So even if I don't like something, there's plenty of people that will, or, you know, that's another important thing for artists to remember too, is like, you know, I'm like, I'm not even a big channel at all. Like it's a very small thing. And I still feel like if I say no to somebody that I'm still kind of letting them down, like hurting their feelings. But I think it's, yeah, that's why I think it's important to do it on your, to do some like degree of promotion and marketing on your own. Cause you kind of get your skin becomes pretty thick pretty quickly, especially using stuff like, um, like submit hub and those kind of platforms too. Yeah. That's what I'm on. Right. I just joined submit hub recently. And like, I hate having to give feedback to everybody. And like, I don't like, how do I say this sucks politely? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it, it's a great platform. Like I love a lot of people. I don't know. There's like a very like 50, 50 opinion on that on, on submit hub. But mm-hmm. I honestly think it's great to have it organized in one place and not having to struggle for finding email. Yeah. This, uh, this episode brought to you yeah. by submit hub. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just watched. A, I just watched like an interview with the with the owner recently, and it was kind of cool, it was yeah. kind of great. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of all for things that anything that makes it a little easier to track down. Yeah, and just the idea of um, you know making your thick uh, your skin thicker too is um, performing. I'm sure is like I, I mentioned before. Like I used to do stand up comedy for a bit, right. and that is just to be on stage with a microphone in your hand, talking to everybody by yourself is you know, you get confident very quickly or else you're getting off the stage yeah, very yeah. quickly. And I feel like there's a lot of similarities to being a solo musician where you, if you're playing to a room of like five people, you can't let that get to yeah. you, right? You got to just walk it off, finish your set, do well, walk it off, move on to the next one. And um, I noticed too, I was going through your Instagram and stuff. Like you used to do, did you used to busk and stuff on the streets as well? Um, I, a few times or? I, I tried busking a little bit when I, when I was in Toronto, but I've done a lot of, um, I guess, yeah, you're right. What you were saying about solo musicians is so true because you kind of don't have anyone else there to fall back on. Yeah. But honestly, I didn't get in like to this uh, as a performer. Like I'm more of a songwriter and then it's just like, well, I'm performing now. And so doing a lot of, I did some busking, but I did cover gigs like a lot and I still do them. I kind of love them for that aspect, for that. Like they really just help you just become comfortable as a performer. Because you're, you're often playing to huge to rooms of people that haven't come to listen to you or aren't don't necessarily want to listen to you. They've just come for the part. Has anyone ever been like, kind of, I don't want to say in your face about it, but like brought it up to be the idea, either like as a heckler? No, or, that, you know, luckily it. not. That has, that's Who is <laughs> like getting <laughs> off the stage. No, that's never that's never happened. Luckily, oh, that's good. But, yeah, but yeah, it's just like I um sometimes. It, I don't know. It's just good to be aware. Like I'm aware that I'm there as more of a background music thing, but I think that that's, I like doing those sometimes because they do give you a different kind of way to be comfortable in front of an audience because you're not, there's not so much pressure in those gigs. Yeah, that's true. And and then when it comes back to being like a solo artist and stuff, when you're on stage, I've kind of just right now reminiscing about this feeling, but when you're like in that zone, it's just everything is so in the second mm-hmm. of what you're doing that you can like feel the time moving with you kind of thing. And I just, uh, I'm not sure if this is more of a question or more of a, you know, a conversation mm-hmm. starter, but like I remember being on stage and, you know, there's some moments where like the crowd is just laughing at your jokes and you're just 
kind of feeling like you're flowing with every single word. And I'm sure that's happened to you as a musician mm-hmm. too, where you just are just so into what you're doing right now that it just feels like euphoric almost. You're like, this is the best. I'm yeah. never getting off the stage. Yeah, it's, I've definitely had that like experience and it's, it's great because I didn't know that that was, that was there to be like looked for. Or I guess you're not looking for it, but yeah, it was kind of great. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, when you just kind of get lost in it a little bit, it's, that's kind of what you do it for, I think. I think so. Well, hopefully um, you can get back out there and start performing live again soon because it's been a long year without live music, I'm sure, for everybody involved, especially the artists. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's definitely been a, a, a weird one. And a, I mean, I lost a bunch of gigs and stuff, but it's, I mean, I played a lot of shows, like honestly, leading up to all this. Like that's kind of all I did in Vancouver before I was releasing and recording and everything i just was like i need to play shows i need to meet people like be out there and yeah that's just kind of the hard thing about it. the great thing about traveling is i mean it's awesome you get to meet loads of new people but as a musician you realize that it's actually quite crucial to be in one place because otherwise you're not part of a scene and yeah i still think that's so important like to be part of a scene so that's kind of what i did when we first moved here is just kind of played as many shows as i could so having this year off from them has not been so terrible for me like i mean i'm getting to that point i think where i'm like can't be nice to play yeah well hopefully 2021 i i I have a good feeling for maybe not the first half of 2020 but i think by the fall if everyone's smart and we put their shoes on properly whatever we Mm -hmm. can get out of this and get back onto stages because that would be that's a missed feeling for sure oh for sure anyway so wesley's new ep where do we go from here? We'll be out in 2021, hopefully by the end of January. Keep your eyes out for that. You can find him on Spotify um, under Wesley at two. Find his cool playlist and stuff like that too. And um, up next, we got Black Dawn from him as well. So stay tuned for that. And thank you very much, Wesley, for sitting down yeah, with me. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and yeah, just being so responsive to my music. Honestly, it's yeah, it's, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, man. I enjoy your sound very much. So hopefully everyone else will agree with me as well. So thank you, Wesley. Thanks, dude. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this little mini episode from the Unbox a Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation, learned a little bit of thing about this mysterious singer-songwriter from Vancouver, and more importantly, I hope you'll be checking out his release come January. And if you enjoyed this, let me know, because I will be conducting more interviews in the new year, and I kind of want to see if people want to have like these little one-off you know, segments, and I'm going to be posting as an experiment this interview on YouTube. So um, try to find me there. Let me know what you think. And, you know, give me some feedback. Give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't care. Just want to know what you guys are thinking. So let me know. All right. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to the special mini episode of From the Inbox, a podcast. I'm your host, Kane Wilkinson, and I'm not very good with goodbyes. So goodbye. Ah!